want to share with you a little bit about one of our Bible heroes. You know a lot about Moses. Uh, that's who I... Well, Moses and the Israelite people and uh, the tremendous journey they made. I mean, you know Moses' story. He was saved uh, by his mother when Pharaoh had declared that all the male children should be killed. But obviously, his mom wasn't willing to do that. So she made the basket and put him in the Nile River, and he was found there. And eventually raised in an Egyptian household. Know the story. There came the time when he witnessed one of the Egyptians treating harshly one of the Israelite slaves, and Moses killed that Egyptian. So that worked a tremendous change in his life, and he had to flee from the life that he knew. Found himself in Midian, and there he was taking care of some of the flocks, and God speaks to Moses. You know that through the burning bush. And God called upon Moses, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then God gave him the job that he wanted Moses to do. I want you to go to Pharaoh. I want you to secure the release of the Israelite people. It's a big, daunting task. And Moses wasn't real anxious about doing it because he didn't feel capable of doing it. And so there's, there is that wonderful dialogue between God and Moses and Moses giving all the reasons, I can't do this. And God saying, yes, you can. I'll be with you. And I really do love that, that when Moses entirely runs out of excuses why he wasn't able to do that which what God was asking him to do, he simply says, please, God, send someone else. Well, God said, no, you're the one I want. So Moses, with the help of his brother Aaron, they obey God's calling and go to Pharaoh and there starts this long series of plagues that came upon the Egyptian people and the land. And some of them were pretty horrendous. You think Pharaoh's changing his mind, but then over and over the Bible says, well, the Lord hardened his heart, and for whatever reason, however it happened, Pharaoh changes his mind all the time until you get to that final plague where there is the killing of the firstborn. And after that, Pharaoh can take no more, and he agrees to let the Israelite people go. Exodus 13 says, by day... The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So the faithfulness of God was shown to Moses and to the Israelite people. But you know what happened. Back in Egypt, when Pharaoh realizes and his leaders realize what they had done, we just left all of the slaves go. We have no one to do the work. So they changed their mind, and Pharaoh changed his mind again. 
and he sets out with 600 of his best chariots and his army and went after the Israelites. I want to read a little bit of the story again from Exodus 14. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They, the Israelites, were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Well, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will you, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Now, I'm telling you all that to help you see that these, this band of Israelites came to a place in their lives when their own power was no longer enough. Think about it. They were walking. The Egyptian army rode horses and chariots. Think about it. The Israelites were carrying all their belongings, or at least all they could. They had to take care of the animals they brought along. All this slowed them down. The Egyptian army was equipped for speed. No matter how hard they tried, the Israelites could not outrun the Egyptian army. Couldn't be done. Now they come to this place with the Egyptian army coming from here, the Red Sea in front of them, and they were powerless. See, my point is they could not just say to each other, let's try harder. They couldn't try any harder. There wasn't anything they could do. I don't know whether you can pause for these moments and think of that point in your life when you really could do nothing. Some situation that you were facing when your own power was just not enough. So what do you do? You've seen that poster hanging on a wall somewhere of a cat at the end of the rope. When you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. You've been there in your life for some reason or other. Spiritually speaking, that's a pretty fertile time, actually. We are most open to God when we don't seem to be able to take care of ourselves. I think it's been one of the difficulties for us in our time to realize our need of God at times. In my youth days, I had a Sunday school teacher named Cappy Hill, and I was junior high. I can remember him saying to us on more than one occasion, 
we Americans just have it too good. We think we can take care of ourselves because we're wealthy. Even the poorest of us here, by worldly standings, we're wealthy. So we think we can buy anything we need. But sometime or other, there come occasions in our lives when our own power is just not enough. All of those who have been addicted to something or other, I don't care whether that's an alcoholic, a drug addict, a compulsive gambler, they talk about hitting rock bottom when they know they cannot conquer anything by themselves. You've been there, maybe not with an addiction, but something in your life, something you have faced when you had done all that you can, but the problem is still there. Sometimes our own power is not enough, and it is good when we realize that. The Israelites, as they were wedged between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army, they couldn't just try harder. There was nothing they could do except Moses told them, wait for the Lord, be patient. Actually, within just two brief verses, there are two instructions given to the Israelite people that almost seem to be contradictory. There's two verses. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. But then in the next verse, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Be still. Move on. Well, they're not contradictory. It seems to me that one of them deals with our spirits. One of them deals with our bodies. One's spiritual. One's physical. Now, we do struggle with being still, being patient when we're facing those difficult times in our lives. Tough thing for we, we are an instant generation. Instant coffee, TV dinners, fast food restaurants, everything we want now. That idea of waiting and be patient, that's hard words for us to hear. And certainly in the difficulties of your life, if you've faced financial difficulties, to have someone tell you, be patient, it's tough. Especially in our time when you can always whip out your credit card and get something else. Be patient. Wait for the Lord. Hard words for us to hear. Times of illness. And I have seen that over and over again in my years of ministry when people have had a, a surgery or, or an illness. They want to be better and they want it now. To wait for that body to heal itself. Difficult, difficult thing. Especially when you don't know whether the body is going to heal itself or not. So spiritually speaking, one of the instructions that Moses gave to the Israelite people was simply stand firm in your faith. This is a difficult time in your life, but stand firm in your faith. 
But then he also told them to move on. Here within two verses, two directions to Moses, stand firm, move on. What that is is sometimes we know what steps to take. It's just sometimes we have to move. We have to take them. We have to do them. The way must be entered. We must move on. Charles Allen was a noted preacher of the South. And once he was invited to give a commencement at an Afro-American high school. Now, Charles Allen was a white man, Caucasian man. But Charles Allen wrote about that, that experience he had. And he wrote that the best speech, the best address given that night was a very short address given by the high school's principal. And this is the way Charles Allen wrote about that. He said he, the high school principal, was urging the graduates to go on to college, yet he noted that not one of them could see his way financially. However, he insisted that they should start, and he gave a simple illustration. A very rough road ran from the school to the town. It was a dark night, but the principal explained that one did not need a great searchlight shining all the way in order to walk the road safely. All one needed was a very small light shining one step ahead. When that step was taken, the light would move up and reveal the next step. So it is with God's will, the superintendent said. Take the next step. And then you will be delighted to see the Lord's light moving along with you. See, in the difficulties of life, and difficulties in life do come. When you feel helpless, when your own power is not enough, and be still, stand firm in your faith. And yet when you see God lighting that next step, take it. And then our God will light the next one for you. Be still. Keep the faith. Let God use you. That's another thing I want you to understand about that whole story. Yes, here they were between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army. But God provided a way through the Red Sea. But you know who God had to use for that to happen. He had to use Moses. When the Israelites could do no more, God called upon Moses, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water. That was all Moses had to do. See, in my adult years, I've, always, I've often thought, well, couldn't have God have divided the sea without Moses stretching out his staff? I guess. But he didn't. He could have, but he didn't. God used Moses as part of the whole plan for that to happen. Pastor Hummel read to you from the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, and it deals with the spiritual gifts that people have. Whatever your gifts are, 
they are to be used. God did, had an amazing thing to do to save the Israelite people from the Egyptians, but God needed Moses to do his part to help make it happen. I don't know what God needs from you, but I am certain it is something. There are various places in the scriptures where, where the writers list the spiritual gifts that we have. There is obviously that one that was read from 1 Corinthians 12. There's also one in Romans, and I really like that better because it lists some things we don't usually think of as gifts. You know, one of the things it says, if your gift is encouraging, then encourage. And we don't usually think of being an encourager as a gift of the Spirit, but uh, according to Paul writing to the Romans, it is. Whatever your gift is, move on with it. Difficulties in life, the struggles of life will come to you invariably when your own power is just not enough. When you face them, be still. Stand firm in your faith. But also move on. Take the next step that God lights for you so that you may share the gifts, the abilities, the, the life ministry that you have to offer. May God bless you in the difficulties of your life that come and give you the strength to stand firm while moving on. Would you bow with me a moment? Lord God, I know that you are here for us. There are always people within the life of our congregation who are hurting in some way or another. People who are facing situations where their own power is just not enough. For them, for them I pray for the strength of your spirit to abide so that they may stand firm, stand firm in their faith but show them also the path that they need to take. And however small that next step may be, may you give them the strength to take it. For your presence in each of our lives, we are thankful. Amen. Again, if you would stand as we share the closing hymn, take my hand, precious Lord.